I'm not scared of, of the gut feeling, but I also know that if I have to sell it in afterwards, I have to do the rational thing. I was doing a lot of car advertising a couple of years back, and we always had like this, you know, you don't buy a car for the math or the specs. You buy it for how it looks or how it feels in the curves or something like that. But but you you need to have that kind of, we call it the pop argument. When you're explaining it to your friends at the pop or your wife, you say, oh, but it really goes really fast on the mileage or it's it's really efficient or it's uh, it's safe or something like that. But it's a feeling that you buy that makes you buy the car, I think. Hi, everyone. This is Joshua Hoffman and Alex Garashenko, and welcome to another episode of the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast, where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success, and in season three, discuss how to build a community. Today, I have Casper Sieslev. Did I say that right? right. Yeah, you did. It was perfect. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) The Chief Commercial and Creative Officer of Zeit, a marketing agency that helps analyze, design, implement, and run in-house agencies. Welcome, Casper. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And and happy holidays. I don't know if this this will probably go off like and or be released in uh, January, but we are right before the <laughs> holiday, so worth uh, we're saying happy holidays to you. Uh, but where I want to start off is actually some of the books you've written, um, and specifically, I want to start off with the Copenhagen uh, Copenhagen illustration book. So, can you actually tell us the story behind that? Uh, so the story is that I was writing, I was supposed to write my second book about in-house agencies. And I was at a kind of difficult chapter about workflows and processes that was a bit boring, but I also needed to have my head straight. So uh, I thought maybe I just needed some inspiration. And our office uh, in Copenhagen is right by the sea and the Royal Palace. So I took my notebook and I went outside and instead of writing notes, I started doing these small, naive sketches of uh, the opera house and the royal palace and so on. I got kind of, you know, <laughs> psyched about it and, and and thought, oh, this is fun. I only had like a black ink pen and a and a yellow color. So that's how the book is. And then I guess before I went home that day, I've done 10 or 15 of these small illustrations of you know just things around our office but it's really in the center of Copenhagen and then I got really excited so oh maybe this is a small guidebook uh, or something and I started writing small texts and it's just my uh yeah tips and tricks it's very personal so on back when I was at Maersk we often have had um external you know where people coming in from from around the world from different offices and and asked me what to see and do in Copenhagen you know they wanted to see the the touristy things of course like the little mermaid which is really really boring um and yeah it's 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 small hence the name um and they also want to see you know some of the secrets and so on so i guess that was the idea and then i so I've written down 20 things and I add some more illustrations and I send it off to a friend and say, hey, this is a guide for small hidden things in Copenhagen. He says, yeah, I, I like the idea, but but you know, you 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 draw the royal palace and the opera house and uh yeah, all the touristy things that you can find in any guidebook. You need to add some some secrets as well. So 
Sorry, long story. So that's why, I mean, it's a kind of an ongoing project. Whenever I have time, I just relax by sketching and adding new stuff and so on. So, and I didn't write a word for the other book uh, for a week or so. So, but it's I, it's, it's out now. <laughs> I, I honestly want to keep diving into that because I think a lot of what we're going to talk about and I think a lot of things that you focus on and, and the oomph that we can get from uh, this episode is really talking about creativity. So, um, I think regardless of kind of what you say, I'm going to start peppering in creative questions in there. And, and the one that naturally came up there is, you know, why, do, why is it important for you to get your head out of the work, especially if you're in a rut um, that you're supposed to be doing? So what benefited from you getting out and, uh, and then how did that actually, how did that go when you went back to your work? Uh, so the thing is, it didn't benefit at all. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you often when you often work with, you know, uh, I don't know if, if if you know this, but but a lot of times, you know, you work with a project manager who says, "Oh, I'm just gonna read you this, and then, you know, when you're in the shower, your your brain will stop, probably pop something out, and you can start working on it." Uh, and for me, it doesn't work like that. It normally works really well when I sit down and start working. So if I have to write something, it works really well, turning off everything and start writing. Uh, so that's that's the truth for me. I I I think I have this quote from uh, Chuck Close who says, "Inspiration is for amateurs; the rest of us go to work." And I that's really how it is for me, um, and for a lot of people. I think it it is about finding techniques or methods to to actually being creative. But that said, I relax on on developing projects or or seeing an end to something like like this book. I mean. It could have been just something in my notebook, but then at, at one point I said, oh, this could be fun to actually publish it or have it out there. And and I mean, yeah, an expensive, uh, what do you call it, a gift for someone when you when you visit them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for yeah, me, I... creativity is actually hard work. I mean, I sit down and, and, and start working and yeah. So um, I'll use a phrase that Josh uses. Um, I want to double click on the uh, on the quote. The uh, inspiration is for amateurs. The rest of us just show up to work. Um, recently, I was um, down a rabbit hole and I came across um, something that Jerry F uh, Seinfeld was saying in terms of how he wrote every single joke. Um, and uh, the way I think it was him, the way he described creativity, it's like having a stallion in your in, in your mind. And a stallion that isn't tamed and isn't, you know, doesn't have a, isn't trained can drive you crazy. Um, and it can run in every single, you know, every which direction and kick and jump. And um, one that is trained and it, let's say put into a process, um, you can do amazing things with. And it, he looks at creativity in a similar way. So I wanted to get your thoughts on this in terms of what does that mean for the rest of us to show up to work? What, what does that mean for you and how do you apply it? Because I think it seems like it's been applied throughout your life and into your business, even into how you work with clients and set teams up for them. Oh, yeah. So I'm a big Seinfeld fan, by the way. So um, I, I like his observations and I keep, I mean, I'm not doing stand up, but I, I like the, the insights into people's mind, you know, what, what tricks them? What are this relatable truths that you, you know, and I know, but we never really talk about it. Uh, so I really like that. Um, and I think it's, it's for that part. I mean, I write a lot of these things down in my notebook or on my phone. When whenever I notice weird things, I okay, maybe I could use this at something at some point, and I look it up whenever I have to come up with an idea. 
For me, it's it's the creative process is 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 hard work. It's it's sitting down and and writing a hundred, two hundred ideas or headlines, uh, and just keep going. Don't stop whenever something is bad. Not judging. Um, and I find it really hard to come up with a hundred bad ideas in a row, actually. So at one point, maybe it's number ninety-eight. Uh, there's gonna be something that that fuels something else and then it's about sharing so and that's the most scary part i mean for the first i don't know 20 15 years of my career it was really scaring showing your bad ideas and telling them it was like you know taking all your clothes off and just say ah here i am look at me mm-hmm. um but but it actually it's the best best advice I could give anyone is just share all your bad ideas, just lay them out there. And it will, at one point, if you keep going, inspire the person you're sitting next to, to come up with something slightly better. Um, So, so, I mean, it's, (laughs) I call it the art of bad ideas. (laughs) It's, Mm -hmm. uh, it's really, you know, keep going. uh, Don't judge, just try to get ideas out there. uh, And then there are different tools to to keep going so you don't get stuck um but really don't don't yeah. don't judge um and, and a, i, I kind of like I, I like that oh sorry go ahead oh no 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 please go ahead no but i i think and i think that's with with seinfeld then it's it's the first phase is 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 getting it out there just putting all the things on the paper and the next phase you have to you know narrow it down look at it work with it so if you have something said oh this is funny you marked it with a small yeah, small mark next to the sentence you wrote. Then try to say, oh, could it be more fun if I twist this word, if I do this, if I flip it around, if I look at it from another perspective? And that's kind of like next step in the creative process. So you have like from your list of 200 shitty, can I say shitty? I say shitty ideas. Uh, (laughs) It's not really a square word, right? Um, ideas you can you can narrow it down to maybe 20 that you can start you know working on tweaking uh test out um look from a different perspective do it as an illustration or as a big headline or as a i don't know musical (laughs) anything Mm -hmm. try to 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 look at it from different angles um and then i think at one point you 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 get better ideas and 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 you share it, and somebody else says, "I don't get it," and you say, "Okay, let's try something else." It's, I mean, the the hard part is that you're, you know, when you are young and you're doing this, you feel like you're being judged, like it's you, but it's really just mm-hmm. an idea. It's not your idea. It's 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 something in the room, and I say it, and then you work on it, say something. I say something slightly better. You say something, and at one point we have something, and of course, it's not like a big brainstorm full of eighteen. 20 people it's it's more like a team thing with two or three people at the max i think um that you trust that you can you know trust to say to say all your bad ideas such a, i think um a big thing there that you've been describing is there's there's a process to it and so you you plan out time to be creative and it seems like a lot um from what i've seen a lot of people think oh, i'm naturally a creative person and the ideas just come to you but really it's there needs to be a method and a process and in order for it to be consistent and for you yeah. to deliver results. Yeah. I'm a big fan of processes. Uh, I don't necessarily live by them, but I try. 
and, and that's kind of also what our company is shaped around. It's it's like looking at all the processes that that actually make an in-house agency work. But we just focus on in-house agencies that work better. And because we have several in-house agencies, we look at all the ways that we're doing things and say, in order to do beta creative work, we need time set aside for it. So if we can if we can narrow down the time we use for rework or for inventing the the wheel again or something like that, we have more time for the creative part. And that's actually the the, the whole idea. Um, so and, and uh, so 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 yeah, so that's that's what I, I try to do. That's try to 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 enforce methods and technology that can enable us to 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 be more creative. One more question there before we uh, kind of jump um, is um, you mentioned that you do it within a small team. Um, and also there's like, um, you know, people talk about writers talk about like the blank page syndrome as opposed to, and one of the, something I was watching recently, it's re- related to the creative process. There's a blank piece of paper and a piece of paper that said, draw a dog riding a, a bicycle. And so you can draw a dog riding a bicycle and go off into a creative direction much faster because you have some thing to focus on around uh, around it. Um, does that play into your creative process when you meet with your small team? Does it kind of start off as a blank canvas or does it start off with someone prepares for that meeting with some kind of central idea that then you can iterate and brainstorm around? Uh, so in when we talk about it, it starts with a blank paper. But to be honest, and don't tell anyone, I always come prepared uh, because uh, you need someone to say the first 20 bad ideas or something like that to get other people working. So I, uh, we always come a bit prepared, having some ideas uh, ahead. Sometimes we use AI to to just spark something, something you can put up the walls. I mean, it's it, mm-hmm. literally we put things on the wall. We're very old-fashioned. Uh, white paper, black ink, and so on. So if if you can draw it badly and you can write it with a with an ink marker on a piece of paper and people understand it, then I'm sure it will work. Whenever you bring in photographers or 3D artists or whatever, um, so so that's the idea. So so of course we come kind of prepared, writing down notes and so on. Say, could we try this? Could we try that? But it is really in the process when we sit together that the the magic happens. I think so. So. It's it is it, it is the the thing we do together, but I always come a bit prepared to be to, just to get us started, so we don't sit there and look at the blank paper. Yeah, and just have that spark. Yeah, um, but it's I, not necessarily good ideas. It's just ideas, actually. <laughs> I, I hope uh, you weren't too focused on on talking about much other stuff because I want to keep digging into the creative stuff. I think uh, I, I keep picking your brain on this. And one thing I, I, I guess I want to kind of repeat and and say again is, you know, you mentioned kind of pulling creativity from a lot of places. And, and I think at least from, I'll, I'll speak for myself and, and maybe you're the same, but, you know, to me, creativity does really come from a lot of random places. It's more, it's almost like the more crap that you can put in your head, the more options you have to pull from different places. Because I think where a lot of times where creativity comes from is maybe something's a best practice and totally normal in one industry. But when you bring that to a new industry, you know, no one's ever seen that before in this industry. It's a new business model. It's a new, but like, it's it's only because you you knew about it in the other industry and and you never knew at the time of learning that if this was going to be valuable or not. So it is like the more, you know, I say crap, but I, I have joking, like the more information and just 
knowledge that you can put in your head, whether it's trivia, whether it's random, whether it's like, you know, some test that you had to learn in school for a purpose, you start to collect all those little data points and you start to put them in this line together that starts to come up with this, you know, solution that you're, you're coming up with. So um, I don't know if you have anything to say that I have a bunch of questions, but. I, t- I totally agree. So, I mean, I don't think inspiration is for amateurs at all. I think inspiration is really important. You have to visit places you haven't been before. Look at, I mean, I love going to Southern Europe or, or or Japan or something and look at the advertising, look at the art, look at the streets and everything. Read magazines I haven't read before, hear new music and something like that. Not necessarily to to do something now. It's just to fill up, as you say, you know, fill up all the the brains with weird things, and at one point you connect them. Creativity is really, you know, connecting. I think it's it's like, yeah, there's this Picasso image where he builds a, a bull from a bicycle uh, seat and a and a what do you call it, the brain, um, yeah. Um, and I think that's that's perfectly illustrates, you know, that is creativity. It's putting things together, known things together in an, in a new way. So, so what I mean with, you know, and I didn't invent the quote. So the inspiration is for amateurs. I think it's it's more like don't sit and wait and wait for inspiration. Uh, it's 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 a process. Get going. St- show up to work and starts and start developing your ideas, because I think inspiration is is super important in what you do um look at all and and as you said from from different industries don't don't look at your if you're doing advertising don't necessarily sit and look at at the creative advertising festivals uh, show reels or something like that i mean you should probably also do that but 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 look at something else you know go I, I like, yeah, you mentioned Seinfeld. I like to do a lot of, you know, dig into to stand up because I think that's really, really, yeah, well, of course, fun, but but also inspirational in the way that, that they turn things around and look at, at at human insights. And I think that's that's where I find most ideas is that connection with people. Um, does, we, we talked about having a process, right? Uh, does Does having a creative process ever become a hindrance? I don't think so. I mean, uh, bold statement, but but I mean, <laughs> I, I I sometimes I used to play the bass and uh, that I have behind me. So um, and it's it's and I used to play jazz and in in jazz it's very much standard. So you know the song, but you are uh, you can you can you know you can come in and you can play, you can jam on top of it, but it's it is the same you know song. And I think if you have the process, there's no hindrance in going going in and out of that melody so to speak and and play around as long as you know that you can always come back and say okay let's now i'm stuck i'm gonna try a new a new trick to get my brain uh going so i don't think it'll be ever you know <laughs> ever be an, an issue having a, a process so to speak yeah um, i i i kind of agree and and when I was in college, I think that's when my creative minds really started. And, and I used to have a lot of pride of this really unstructured thinking. And, 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 and I loved how my brain was thinking, but it never went anywhere. And, and the quote that I, I think it's actually a book and it, and it said, what got me here won't get me there. I had so much pride in, in having this creative jumbleness in my, in my head, but like that never resulted in something. And I knew that I had to almost dump that unstructuredness and become more structured to actually squeeze something out of that creativity. So um that's just something i thought of there um we're gonna keep diving and just be- 
Before you go off of that, it was on, on a previous call, um, you were mentioning that, and I, I really like this, um, the idea of if you have the spark, this idea, or this motivation to do something, the faster you create a process around it, um, the like the more likely it is that it could actually happen. Yeah. Can you go into that? Because I thought that, well, that a lot of, jives a lot with of this conversation. A lot of what I obsess over is is like the idea of motivation. Um, and and Casper, take this any way you want or or skip it. But um, to me, you know, there's there's a lot that goes behind creating a discipline, and I think it's two steps before that. It's one's being self aware about what is happening, and then two is the finding the motivation to get there. And what I think Alex is talking about is that you know motivation has a half life, right? The 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 day after you get that motivator, it it feels like it's less valuable the next day. So. Can actually right when it's hot and heavy, right? Like right when something happens that really motivates you, it's at that moment that if you create your discipline at that moment, that's going to maximize your potential of actually getting to your goal, as opposed to being like, you know what? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, girls. yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I I agree. I agree. Um, I'm, I think it's 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 very much about. Uh, I mean, and that's why you need all the bad ideas in the beginning because it's it's difficult to 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 ignite that spark from a, a piece of paper or a brief or something like that. You need you need to to have something. All the I say bad ideas, but all the list of of ideas get going, and then you find the inspiration in something that's fun. It shouldn't be you know the standard. This is an ad, or this is a, a new way of doing a commercial or something like that. But it's 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 in those things that you recognize something that can spark the motivation and actually keeps keeps you going all night on on the fun stuff and 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 hopefully I, mean, I think that's also what it's ins, you know inspires people to buy more creative stuff is is that they, they can feel that this is something that you actually put your your heart into and your mind into so so yeah i don't know where i'm going with that actually but uh <laughs> i'll help you i'll help you move, move forward um because again i i just love this this topic when when i write um you know, again, all these crazy ideas in my head and I got to get it on paper. And if I'm writing like a blog post or something, a lot, something that I run into a lot is that I write this paragraph and I'm, I'm trying to rewrite it and I'm trying to write it. So it's, it's proper to whoever the reader is. And a lot of times what I notice I do is, is I actually take a sentence that I really, really liked and I have to remove it. Um, I ha I, you know, it just, it just sure. I love that sentence by itself, but like, it doesn't fit in the whole, the whole scheme of the paragraph. So the question that I'm getting to is, how do you judge like a good idea versus a great idea? Because it's the great ideas that that you want to take and move forward, but they're jumbled up with all these good ideas that you have to sort through in in, in your head and, and actionable and all that. So how do you judge a good idea versus a great idea? That's, that's a great question. Um, um, I think for a lot of what I do, it's it's all also looking at, uh, you know, is it campaignable? Can you do more? Does it, uh, so it, it sometimes you have a really great idea, but it doesn't really, you know, sparks uh, a wave around it or something like that. It, it's just one one off, one good idea or something like that. And it can be amazing, but th that will, in my opinion, at one point, you know, end up in, in in trouble because you only have that one amazing headline or that amazing image that you can use. But it's really not. You can't you can't do two or three or something like that. So. And sometimes it's okay, but but most of the time you need to have something, maybe a slightly weaker idea that actually can you know be folded out in in a lot of different elements. For, for when I'm talking about ad advertising here, 
Uh, and then you, in my experience, you also find sometimes the great idea on the outskirts of the of the less <laughs> great idea. So sometimes it's like when you do that outdoor advertising and you had a, a, a decent uh, creative idea in, the, in, in the beginning as the overall concept. And then you do outdoor and you say, Oh, this is a really fun gorilla idea. Or this is a really fun uh, outdoor thing you can actually do because you have that really great concept that was built on something. Yeah. an insights or something like that. So, so it's almost like a, a connection. You take the ideas and then, I guess, evaluate them against what the goal is, and see which ones measure up. Yeah, I, I, I this is the part where I don't have a process, so uh, it's really gut feeling uh, about you know, mm. is it good, is it bad, um, and and I think that's actually a problem I talk about uh, sometimes. It's it's that whole selling in that you know. You probably know when you hit gold, right? You know this is a good idea. And then sometimes you just want to, you know, show it and say, ha, look, this is great. But sometimes the client, most of the times the client haven't been there and they're not that experienced in recognizing, yeah, good from great or something like that. And this is where I have made the most mistakes in my life. That's just showing that and say, "Oh, look at this! It's amazing!" And they say, "Yeah, but but yeah, but but no, right?" And 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 then having you know what I've learned, and I'm still trying, still learning, is to do kind of reverse engineering on that idea, trying to take people all the steps back. Say, "You wanted this, you know, knowing that the outcome is going to be this one." And I just say ad before the simplicity of things. Uh, this one ad is what I'm going to end up, but I'm going to go all the way back and, and engineer it and say, why did I come up with that headline? Why did we choose this image? Why did we do that? And then as the presentation goes on, uh, it, it, of course, ending up in, in that one. But it's really difficult, especially, and I, I'm talking in-house a lot, in-house agencies doing that because... I mean, you sit right next to people, you go to lunch with them every day. So so giving them that big agency presentation, where is it now? Sit down. Now I'm going to tell you something. You know, it seems weird sometimes. You say, okay, we just came out of the other meeting. Show me what you got. And then you, a lot of times you, you, you fall into that trip and you, the trap and you, you, you show them uh, the, yeah, you show them the, the thing right away and they don't get all the yeah the value really yeah, yeah the value it, it sounds almost like um and i could be way off base here but it kind of sounds like a sales process right someone wants to know like what do you say and you show them the product and the price before telling them the value and how it connects to their world uh, it is i mean but but i i think uh the, the 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 sales process of creativity is 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 really neglect neglected. Uh, it's where I think fifty percent of the great ideas die is because they they're not sold in, and and and, mm -hmm. and now we are talking about creativity, but it is it's, it's really sad to watch how you know you have a great idea and you just kind of send it out an email or or say oh by the way I have this idea but maybe you like it and and so on and and if you're not in that mode of actually yeah. buying a great idea it's it's difficult it's kind of it, like the um you would have had to be there um, yeah. statement it hurts yeah. it, it hurts when someone yeah. turns down yeah. your yeah what you think is what you think is this excellent idea um 
You know, I, I, you mentioned your gut feeling uh, and sometimes going to your gut feeling. So I just want to ask a quick question on that. And uh, I do little dollar bets. Like, you know, I do sports betting and I do these little dollar bets and, and I record every single bet that I take. And what I do is I have a, a column that says, um, did I make the bet with my head, my heart or my gut or and or, or gut? So, I, you know, it can be all three. Yeah. And I do that to 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 actually bring awareness towards my gut feelings, because I think people use that phrase very often, but they almost don't know what it is. And sometimes there's obvious gut decisions and we can point to that. We said that was a, a gut decision, but a lot of decisions we, we make, it's not as e- easy to identify, you know, how our gut's feeling about something. Me doing this thing on the betting side, I'm trying to to learn how to listen to my gut and I'm losing money. So I'm not doing well right now, but um, how, how do you, you know, for lack of a better question, how do you read your gut feeling? Well, well, I mean, if if you want to go scientific on it, it's like all you know uh, the whole Kahneman uh, thinking fast and slow. Uh, I mean, ninety five percent of our decisions are made with our system one, our guts, our intuition. You know, we've seen this a billion times before, and we don't really know why. It's just how it is you know you hear something you run up you get your your pulse running and so on i think it's 95 percent. i mean i'm doing it very populistic now but but uh and then five percent is actually you know you you can't gut feel math i, I mean not maybe you can but i i don't know anyone who could do that but 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 feelings reactions to something that's gut feeling anyway so it's just uh, I don't, know, I don't know where I'm going, but that, but 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 there is something about trusting that instinct because it is it is what's got us to here, uh, as you said before. Maybe that won't won't go take us the the next step, but but it it is what took us from the savanna down from the trees or or where uh, as as a human race is 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 trusting our our guts and and feelings and. And and seeing things that we can't really explain at first that we have to analyze afterwards. So I'm not scared of of the gut feeling, but I also know that if I have to sell it in afterwards, I have to do the rational thing. I was doing a lot of car advertising a couple of years back, and we always had like this, you know, you don't buy a car for the math or the specs. You buy it for how it looks or how it feels in the curves or something like that. But but you you need to have that kind of, we call it the pop argument. When you're explaining it to your friends at the pop or your wife, you say, oh, but it really goes really fast on the mileage or it's it's really efficient or it's uh, it's safe or something like that. But it's a feeling that you buy that makes you buy the car, I think. So... Yeah, and and now I want to I, I want to take all this creative talk that's in your head, and I want to get into you know this community aspect that we we try to promote on on this episode or in the, in the season. Um, and obviously, you know, one big community for you is your employees. Um, so to kind of borrow a lot of what we were saying with the creative side, you know, how do you promote that within your your firm? So uh, two ways. So first of all, we are kind of a community of in-house agencies. So we have different agencies that work only with one client, but they have a community. So all the social media managers, all the copywriters, the art directors, they have a community among them. So so that means because here in, in Scandinavia, in-house agencies are not that big. It's It's typically... 
10, 15 people at the most. So if you're the copywriter, chances are you have one copywriter colleague at you know within the company and that's it so if you want to you know bounce things off or something like that you don't have that community but but having more agencies where people actually you know know each other uh they can they can test things they can ask how do you do this so so that's one way we try to promote it the other way is when we talk creativity where a lot of these small companies they are set up Smaller, smaller, not that small, but they're set up to to serve a purpose on the everyday content creation, creativity level. So we don't have, you know, the big rock star creative people at a, at our agencies. Not trying to hurt anyone, sorry, but <laughs> if they're listening in, um, we have really good craftsmen uh, who can do great creative work. But they won't probably come up with, and not a lot of them, come up with the next Ken uh, Lion award-winning thing. Um, so that's why we have this community here of external creative people that we bring in to these co-creation sessions. And that's actually where I think this conversation should go is like, if you're a small agency or you're a small in-house agency, don't be afraid to bring in people. It could be film directors or external creative people and ask them to sit with you and work together, you know, do that blank ink, uh, pa- uh, black ink on, on white paper ideas uh, in a room for two days. Uh, I mean, you can afford buying two days for, for uh, of a creative guy or two creative people to have them in the room and actually learn from them and bounce idea off. And I, I kind of like that community thought of it, you know, bringing people together uh, to come up with ideas. And then the rest of it is just process methodology, right? Too. I love that, yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually that's really interesting. And that's something that we've seen in interviewing a lot of um, agency owners is that they work with a lot of other agencies. It's, it's one of those industries where um, in most industries you have, your company, then you have your contractors, your your vendors, your clients. Um, in the marketing community, you usually work with other marketing agencies. So, how um, can you dive further into that? How do you go about bringing other people in? Are you bringing in consultants from other marketing agencies, or are these people that you kind of already have earmarked that are individuals that usually bring in? Uh, so most of the time it's, uh, we have, it's like three levels. So we have our own creative people who travel around the travel team. We call the great name. Yeah, I came up with that. Um, very creative. No, they, tra- <laughs> they, they travel between the, the different agencies and actually help them out on, on, on creative tasks. Um, so that's one part. The other one is just people we know. So that's small boutiques or creative teams that you can hire in that want to do this. They think it's it's fun to go back to the creative side. It's not the big full-service agencies, of course, that want to sell their best creatives at, at this at this level. But but you can get a lot of, I wouldn't say has-beens, but, but people who tried, <laughs> like me, uh, people who tried being at big agencies and actually, you know, kind of like the idea of, of working with the creativity and the idea and not necessarily the whole being in a big machinery. And then, of course, the last one is for specialties. You know, if you are doing a new 
app or social media in a new way it 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 doesn't make sense to bring all those experts in if you're a small in-house team with i don't know five eight eight people uh one of them should probably not be that specialist to only work with this this type of thing then it makes a lot of sense to have someone who works with 20 different clients to 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 say this is how this is how you should do it. This is the way where we do it with bigger clients and so on. So, but that's very nice. It's very close to a normal agency setup where you where you bring it in. But but um, yeah, that's great. I um as we're talking about this, I want to um, bring clarity to maybe someone who's listening. The um, somewhat maybe ambiguous to them currently is the actual structure of your company because I think it's it's very interesting and unique. I've seen it a lot in the development space. But I haven't heard about this in-house. Essentially, it's a um, outsourced, managed, but in-house agency. Can you talk about your model? Because I think it's very interesting how you've positioned it. Yes. Yeah, so, so we start. I, I come from uh, advertising agencies, where I was the first fifteen-ish uh, year in my career, very you know traditional way. And then I got a bit tired of it, and I I reply applied to a job at at Maersk, which is a big uh, transportation uh, shipping company. And I realized we were doing a lot of the same stuff all over the world. So I said, why don't we bring someone in, or maybe let me do it? Bring build this in-house agency that can just you know not the top creative stuff, but just you know manage the basics and and so on. And 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 that model we we kind of took to build this uh site agency as we call it or just site um is that we 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 utilize all the processes and the to- tools that everything that we can reuse so it's it's really to reuse the models the technology the methods and so on so we can run efficient and creative in-house agencies at a lot of different uh, companies and it's also i mean our employees and I can say that because we just did an employee survey. They they really love this model because working in in-house is sometimes you, you you can grow out of that role. You know, it's it, there's no place to go. But but here we can actually say maybe you want to try another agency. You want to move to another company, work with something else. Um, so that's one possibility for people. The other one is maybe you want to you want to be you know the the head of the ad agency when you and we can talk about that. That's maybe a two year plan or something like that where you can. We can, you know, develop together how you should do this and learn more. And the other one is, of course, you know, that community among the people who work there, because you are very isolated in wherever you sit. If you're in an in-house agency, you you're kind of the only creative guy in a big, what do you know, engineering company or something. Like that. It's it's also creative to be engineering, but but you know what I mean. Um, or is it? Uh, no. Um, uh, so 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 that means that you have like you know you have you have peers you can you can talk to. Imagine having to 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 bounce off ideas and and the other other people you you can bounce them off with are are the programmers or something like that. It's going to be tough. So 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 that's the idea of the company to to actually you know take the best of both worlds, um, taking the best of the in house where you're close to the cost to the client or the customer, and you know the products and and tools and so on and you are very easy to you know also you also get the data back from what you're doing because you're sitting right there down the hall 
but also taking the best from the outside world where you can bring in the creativity that you need, the peers, the community, and, and so on. So that's 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 our model uh right now. We have we have we we haven't there's not a lot of I mean there's a lot of competition, but it's more like traditional advertising agencies or in-house mm-hmm. agencies. We don't know really anyone who's doing it quite like us. Um, so maybe it's a really it's bad unique. idea. <laughs> no, I think it's great. And I think it's, it's. Um, I've seen it in the development space, um, like having like augmented teams or teams that work for a specific client, um, but I haven't seen it in the marketing space. And I, um, coming from the development side myself, I think it's a great model. Um, and I think it's, I think it's awesome what you're doing and, and how it's structured. I think it provides a lot of value to your, to your clients and to the, and to the employees. Yeah, but, but so do I. Actually, I think it's I think it's a great model. Uh, I, um, but you always wonder when you are the only one doing something. You know, <laughs> either you've seen something that they haven't, or or it's a really bad idea. <laughs> no, I'm glad, uh, Alex. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, you know I know we spend so much time in creativity, but uh, I do think it's such a unique model that it's worth pointing out. And and obviously that goes into you know a lot of what we talked about in the creativity side. Uh, a few questions I, I ask at the end. Um, if you had to teach something to other marketers, what would it be? That would be process. I mean, I struggled with the whole self-doubt uh, thing and redoing thing. And I had this love-hate thing with creativity for the first many years of of, of my creative work. Where I loved it when, you know, when I came up with something and whenever I had to start with something, I said, oh, maybe that was the last one. Maybe I'm... I'm yeah. Yeah, I don't. Maybe there's nothing in there now. So, and 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 since I I kind of discovered you know ways of working with with creativity, it it helped a lot. And now I'm just trying to to teach and tell everyone you know learn your learn your methodology for creativity. I I had a few questions on imposter syndrome. I wish we had more time, uh, but maybe if there's another episode, I I like to get into that because I think that's kind of what you're you're hinting at right there. Yeah. Um, how can you guys work with other marketing agencies or what services can you partner with other agencies? So in other words, you know, what do agencies tend to reach out to you for? So, so agencies mostly reach out either to, to work with us, be the creative part of, partner that we bring in. So that's more like small creative teams or uh, boutique agencies or something like that with a small teams that say, oh, can we be part of that? So that's one thing. The other one is the, is the process, the ways of working that we actually help a lot of both in-house agencies with. So we just help them set everything up and then we say, fine, now, now you can do it yourself. So that's, that's mostly in-house agencies. We don't, I don't think we've ever helped an, an ex, you know, an external agency do that, but if you call me, I'll help you. So, um, uh, then let's flip this question, uh, kind of around and say, you know, if a client asks, can you do this? And it's a service you don't currently provide, how do you typically handle the request? And by the way, I, I think it's worth just mentioning why we're asking these questions. Uh, and I might've mentioned this last time, but again, our entire goal with this podcast is not just to kind of say goodbye after this podcast and, and awesome. That was a good episode, but we want to build this community with our guests. And like Alex was saying earlier, right? Like marketing agencies share other services with other marketing agencies. And it's this really cool thing that happens in this space. So what we're trying to do is say, Hey, look, we have these guests or we have these marketing agencies that we interviewed you know, how can each other help each other and, and get referrals pumping in all over the place? So again, the question was, you know, when a, when a client asks, can you do this in something you don't provide, how do you typically handle that request? We, we, we pass it on. So, I mean, we often look at the whole, you know, agency world as a house. 
And on top, you have the, the really creative stuff, the specialist agencies. And we don't do that because we don't know anything about that. We are like process and 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 creativity within the f- the framework uh, agency. So 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 there's a lot of things where we need specialists and where we work with with other agencies on in, in that field. And, and sometimes it's the client that we work for that bring them in, and then we just provide the work structure for who's doing when, what when, I guess it's called. Um, and the, and so I mean anything from web development to uh, I don't know SEO optimization, social media. We we do the we're more the the, the craftsmen normally working with that. No, I I think I love that. Um, if you were listening to this show, what topics would you like us to cover? Uh, I, I think creativity is definitely one of the the things I'm mostly into right now. You know, methods, but. I also like the whole community things, but that's more because I think it's it's a really interesting way that people are, you, you know, not necessarily a big agency, but they have like connections. Like you've seen it in the in the film production industry for many years, where you have like you have your lightning grip guys, you have your sound guys, and they kind of shuffle around in in, in with with different and an agency is not that big. It's maybe just. I don't know, 10 people or five people or something like that. But they have like a lot of people they can bring in for for, for different things and they know how to work together. Uh so so I, I that's what I, I like about your podcast is the the whole community thing that you actually try to to help uh your yeah, your your guests and your 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 listeners to 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 work together. I think that's that's I mean that's our I don't know, mantra, it's called better together. So it is about being better with the people that we work with. So. We we appreciate that. And we have a lot of things kind of cooking up right now that we'll uh, we'll send to you shortly. But we have a lot of plans for it. Like our goal is, you know, we're taking this pretty seriously and, and we want to get you guys business and everything. We think that's just a cooler podcast and system and everything, community. Um, two, two more questions. Are you guys looking to hire any positions right now? Uh, right now, we are, we are looking for project managers. Um, we always look for project managers. Those are the ones who need to understand our model and our processes. So, so that's the people that we we like to bring in. And to be fair, we like to bring them in kind of young and teach them. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's what I think what we're currently looking for, like an open position. But we're also always looking for creative people or videographers or motion guys or, yeah. Uh, you know, people that we can bring in in the travel team. Uh, and then the last question, and maybe my favorite, uh, any books, podcasts, or newsletter recommendations? It can be in marketing and advertising. It doesn't have to be business. doesn't have to be anything you want. Uh, I have one. Uh, it's called The Abstract on, I think it's on Netflix. And one episode, especially with a, a, a German uh, graphic designer, illustrator called uh, Christoph Neumann who does a lot of uh, the New Yorker covers and, and so on. Um, and he has one episode where he talks. I mean, that's where I, I stumble across, across that inspiration is for amateurs thing. Um, so I, I, he really talks to me about that. So Christoph Neumann, look him up if you don't know him, uh, but he's amazing. Um, 
Awesome. Uh, and as we come up to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to mention how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with. Uh, I mean, they can they can Google our our book. It's called Win Win House. Uh, so yeah, I like like this. I have Please, it thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I had a question about that. I didn't get to, so I'm glad you you got to say that. Uh, so I think that's dot com. Uh, so so that's that's the easiest part, and then they can they can find us there. Or otherwise, we're called Site dot agency. Um, but read the book. It's- <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for those of you, if you learned something new on this episode, please consider giving us a like or follow so we can continue getting the highest quality guests. And as always, thank you for listening, Casper. uh, I enjoyed this so much. I love the topic and and I'm glad we could like truly dive in as far as we did. So thank you for coming on. Thank you, Josh. And thank you, Alex. Really, really, really enjoyed being here. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. DevNoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at devnoodle.com, where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients, devnoodle.com.